0: Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
1: Whether you've overdone it at the gym, At the dinner table, or on the couch,
0: AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the SEN NBA podcast. The music is back. We're back down in the biggest studio Free from the uh, back let's, let's call it coziness of the uh, of the small <laughs> upstairs studio, it was it was a bit of a shambles up there. But we got through. We are back in the big studio, and today we are talking the Pacific Division. I said Pacific on uh, on Sunday. I was getting a bit a bit confused <laughs> there. But we are doing the Pacific now. Chris Tyler is mine, and a carry across from me. What's going on, buddy?
0: Not much, Chris. We are back in the big studio talking about the biggest team this season. So it should be fun. Two weeks today until the season starts yes, as well. Yes, the 26th. Mark it down in your calendars, people. Wednesday, 26th of October, <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers receive their championship rings.
1: Chris DeSilver, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, mate. Uh, Luke's, Luke's just got me hyped about the ring night. Oh, oh, crying all talked, over again. We've already We're done Not Cleveland. talking about the Cavs today. <laughs> we've
1: already done, we've <laughs> already done those. Let's the other team. On. The other team. We're moving on, and we are going to start off. We normally would do alphabetical uh, order. Well, Golden
0: State is first alphabetically in this division, which I didn't realize until about two minutes ago. Oh, of course.
1: Because... So you confused me by saying that. Yeah, I Golden know. Golden State is first, and that's what we're going to start off with, so let's yes. get into the Golden State Warriors.
2: Curry! Way down town! Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot
1: from Curry! With six-tenths of a second remaining! Now, there's kind of not a whole bunch to say about Golden State, because... They were good last year, they got Kevin Durant in the offseason, they're going to be good again, they're everyone's number one pick, they're everyone's pick to, I assume, win the title, is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah, they're my I pick, think so. they are my yeah. pick to win the title.
1: And I think mine as well, there's not, but we're, we're, we're going to talk about, talk about them for a while because there's a lot to talk about, but I don't think there'll be any argument within those the, that conversation, Luke. So if we're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors, what's the first thing that you wanted to touch on?
0: I mean, you, just, you can't go past... To me, it's the, the Curry and Durant duo. It's literally... like It's something we've never seen before. We've never seen two of the three best players in the world, the consensus top three best players in the world, are these two in LeBron. Now, two of them are on the same team, and Curry and Durant combined have won the last three MVPs. We have never, ever seen anything like this before. I remember when... um. KD signed with Tavoris, it was about 3am Australian time, for some reason I was awake, and I was flicking through Twitter, and I saw the news, and I was just shocked, I couldn't believe it, mouth was on the jaw, I was, I
1: was shattered, as a Celtics fan, I was shattered, because I thought well, there was a possibility yeah, could come to yeah. us, but,
0: I mean, initially I thought, well, I thought this for a few months, I thought it was bad for the league, I'm like, okay, now you've got this super, super power that's just drained any excitement out of the regular season because we know it's going to be just them and Cleveland. But the more I'm thinking about it, the more and more I want to watch this team play.
1: I just think that in... we go going to, want to talk about league pass teams. These are, without a doubt, the number one league pass team. This is the league This is the league, pass, is team. The league pass team. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I just the more and more I think about it, I just... I can't wait. I literally... This is the team that I'm most excited to watch out of all of them. And I think most people would be in agreement with that.
2: Yeah, well, I last year we know how good they were, right? Winning seventy three. And last year, I know, I know, if I'm at home and and I got nothing to do, and the Warriors are playing, I'm I'm putting them on. And that was oh, without yeah. that was without Kevin Durant.
1: Yep. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was exactly the same. I made sure, and it's hard working in a sports radio station. But whenever Golden State were on TV, yeah. I try to get through the entire day without finding out the score, so I could go home and watch the game as if it were live.
2: Yeah, because you were watching it, and you talked about. Uh, your reaction when Kevin yeah. Kevin Durant signed, I remember my reaction. I was just like, thank God, God let Cleveland win one before that.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but the, the thing was, if Golden State would have beaten Cleveland, do you think he would have gone over? Would he have gone to the back-to-back well, rating champs? Well, he
2: said in an interview a, a few days ago, I think it was Anthony Slater. It, don't quote me on that. But he said that he was watching the finals with his manager and thinking, um, if they win this, there's no way that I can go there. Exactly. But but at the same time, I would really like to. Yeah, um, so, but I don't
1: think he would have. It yeah, would have made it a lot more more difficult to actually go over. And
0: it would have um, opened himself up to a lot more criticism as well. And he's got a criticism a lot, as it was. There's but been a lot of criticism. If they were
1: back-to-back champs, which they should have been, if they were back-to-back yeah. champs, that would have been a tough, tough move. It would have been. He would. He might have still done it. I'm not sure. No, no, it's only speculation. Anyone can yeah. speculate about what Kevin Durant was thinking. But... I don't know if it would have gone over.
0: I mean, it's it's all speculation. Of course, it's hard to say. But I think he would have been more likely to stay in Oklahoma City if Golden State won the title. Yeah, more likely than not to all go to Boston because I mean you go into the two-time defending champs. It's just it, it doesn't feel right. But all of that it, it's irrelevant now because he's there.
2: It's a, it's a different league now, isn't it, Luke? I I mean. People love talking about the '80s, you know, about how Jordan's like, oh, "I would never team up with Magic or Bird." It, it's a different league now. These guys. Kevin Durant said it himself. Yeah, when LeBron
1: moved to Miami in the first place. It's,
2: it's, it's a, it's the social media aspect of it means players, you know, they're able to communicate with each other more freely now than they, they might have been able to do in the '80s, right? So a lot of these guys are friends. A lot of these guys work out during the off season. And I think Team USA... I was just about to say, that's a yeah, big part of it as well. Team USA is almost a breeding ground for super, super teams. Uh, you talk about in 2010 where the idea for these this Warriors team might have uh, come to fruition with uh, KD, Steph and Andre Godal on the same squad. And on the back of that, the 2008
0: London Olympics was probably the back of Miami's Big Fury Yeah, with Bosh, Raiden and James on that team.
1: So you can even talk about All Star weekends. All Star weekends kind of we- bring people it- together. Isaiah Thomas does his best work at All Star weekend. He was trying to get Al Horford to Celtics during All Star weekend. <laughs> Who isn't he
2: trying to get? <laughs> no one. <laughs> well, he'll
1: but, take anyone. But that's he was trying just- to get um, uh, Larry Sanders when Larry Sanders <laughs> is in if he wants to come back.
0: So, but that's just the um, the landscape of, I mean, it's a players' league. We know the superstars win games, and uh, well, maybe not games. They win championships, right? And look at this Warriors team. I mean when Clay Thompson's now their third offensive option, and we know he's one of the best shooters in the world, and he's their third offensive option, you've still got Draymond Green, who's now going to be a fourth, no, granted he doesn't do his best work on the offensive end, but he's a triple-double machine. He's going to be the fourth best offensive option. It's just, I mean, there are slight concerns. I think a lot of people are concerned about the shot distribution. So you got, it's the classic mantra of there's only one basketball to go around, which is true. They'll take some time to, there'll be growing pains. Let's expect
2: that. There's going to be growing pains. There's they going don't to need
1: be... to be good until the playoffs. Yeah. No, of course not. I think, I think, I think
2: they it. learned that from last year as yeah. well. They they learned that you know winning games in, in January and, and February or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. I'm
1: glad they went for it last year, though, saying that. Yeah. I love the it's fact history. that they going for the history. history. Yeah. So
2: everyone's a bit concerned about that, but let's not forget that
0: for the throughout his career, Durant's played with Westbrook, who is a ball-dominant point guard, and Durant's still being able to get 20-plus shots a night, He's a four-time scoring champion, and now he's moving into a system that predicates himself on ball and player movement. We haven't seen a team move the ball like they have over the last two years. It's just been beautiful to watch. And now you plug in probably, would you call Duran a better scorer than Curry? I don't know. But if he's not, he's second.
1: (sighs) Yeah, it's a tough one.
0: Well, if he's not, he's second. Yeah. So you've got the two best scorers in the game. You've
1: got probably the three best shooters in the game at the moment. Oh, of yeah. course.
0: And probably Durant gives them another
2: one-on-one option. because all spacing.
1: That, my God, the amount of spaces they'll be creating. It's
2: and you talked scary. about the one-on-one option. And I think that's kind of something they lacked last year. Without You saw, especially in the finals when the Cavs decided to key, up, key in on Stephen Curry, they didn't have anyone else who could really break down their defender one-on-one. Kevin Durant gives them that option right now. So it's... Another dimension to a team that's already pretty scary.
1: From purely a fit perspective, do you think that he fits in with this team?
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Because you're bringing in, and we know Durant's a selfless guy anyway. As much as he is a great scorer, he's not one of those guys that you really, um, you really say is bore. I mean, all great scorers are bore dominant, but he doesn't really fit that mold of a selfish superstar. He's an unselfish superstar, almost to a fault, a few times when he would. Um, Pass off Westbrook, yeah.
2: Deferred
1: to I think he knows that. Moments. I think he knows that he has to be somewhat reserved. Moving over to a team with guys like Curry and Thompson, mm-hmm. that he does kind of have to sacrifice his game a little bit. And he knows that moving into that situation, he's not going to be able to get, you know, however many touches he he, he might want in certain other situations. Well, he knows that he's going to be, you know, this this the second go-to guy, and he's got two incredible backcourt players to play next to him. He knows all this situation. He knows what he's got to do to fit in with the team. And I think he's going to do it because he wants that ring.
0: Yeah, well, I don't really think Durant will be sacrificing that much, to be honest, because I reckon on this team, you can have two guys that are shooting 18 and 20 shots a night. That happens around the league. Yeah. Curry and Durant are those guys. They're the two that are going to get the most shots, and rightfully so, because we know how amazingly skilled they are on the offensive end. It's going to be Clay Thompson and Draymond Green who sacrifice the shot. Yeah,
1: Draymond Green's going to be a bit pissed off, I think. Yeah,
0: but... The thing with Draymond, you're going to lose some of his playmaking ability by taking the ball out of his hands more often. than Not, but on the flip side of that, it helps him conserve energy for the defensive end, which
1: is where he makes
0: his money, right? Yeah.
1: But if he doesn't get the ball on the offensive end, is he going to play hard? Is he enough going to be
2: engaged?
0: Team? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say because we know he has got some immaturity problems. We've seen it last year. He does. He's a hot head. Yeah, Big that time. he brings, but he brings that edge you need. To be a championship team. He brings that to the court. He bought out in game seven. So, of, of the finals, I, I think, like I said, there's going to be growing pains. There might be days where Draymond gets two shots and he's pissed off and he doesn't play good the next night. But that happens. That's why you play games in November and December. That's why it happens in those games and doesn't happen in April and June in the playoffs. So, I think the Warriors will be fine. I think Clay Thompson will benefit the most out of this.
2: Yeah, well. Everyone's kind of, when talking about this big awesome foursome or whatever the case may be, everyone thinks Clay Thompson's going to be the one that's going to have to sacrifice the most, yeah? So far in the preseason, in three games, he's taken well, 35 shots and has zero assists. Well, so let's just he, not make he, sure the preseason makes uh, out of ourselves. Of course, but. <laughs> He's You're not passing the ball.
1: Excited about D Wade's performance in the preseason,
2: mate. Yeah, so let let's not make the um, but the preseason fool us. He's not sacrificing anything. No, but no, I, I don't think, think he is. Uh, he said that. He said that as well. Yeah, yeah he shouldn't
1: he, need to
0: either. But I think he'll benefit the most because I think a lot of his looks now are going to be coming on catch and shoot jumpers where he's he, where at he's going to be open best, as well. Yeah. He can take ten shots a night. Not one of them need to come with a dribble involved. He can take 10 frees a night. Hit seven of them. Score is twenty plus points, not have an assist, barely dribble, play good defense, and he's done his job. And that job's probably good enough to get him to the all-star game again. That that's how beneficial the Durant and Curry taking so much defensive attention away from Thompson. He's gonna be open on a lot of shots. And sure enough, if the defense does decide to put more attention on him, it means you're taking some attention away from Curry and Durant. So like it's really pick your poison. It's how can you defend this team Let's say as a hypothetical, Curry's got the ball up top. Durant comes and says it's a pick, so it's a pick and roll. What do you show hard on Curry, which leaves Durant free? Do you double Durant, leaves Curry open? You got Durant rolling to the rim. Oh, there's so many options that play
1: on the corner. Yeah, it's, it's you got Clay
0: on the corner. You got Draymond on the other corner. You got there's just even David West. You can plug into that lineup. You can shoot. You can have Iguodala in another corner who can shoot. There's just so many options. Can I feel like they got eight people on the court. Yeah, games.
2: yeah.
1: Speaking of David West, what do you think of that? Because they also brought in David West and Zaza Pachulia. What do you think of those two wins?
0: Well, I think they, um, they're they good because the, the Warriors did lose some depth this offseason. So yeah. let's not forget, they have lost some guys. They
1: lost Barnes, they lost Bogut, they lost Azalea, they lost Spades, they lost Rush, they lost Barbosa.
0: Yeah, and these guys were key pieces to their championship run. But when you've got a team like this, it's not really going to make a difference.
2: Yeah, I think people's biggest question with these guys is... Whether they've got enough rim protection, because we saw last year in the finals when Andrew Bogut went down, the Cavs had a free free parade to the to the basket to so, start games as well, which is important. Yeah, it sets that tone early yeah. of we're going straight. and, and people underate Andrew Bogut. He was really good on, on the defensive end as kind of the their pillar, right? Absolutely.
1: Um, he, he wasn't scoring much, but he wasn't needed to score. Yeah, exactly. in that and offense you don't need to score. You you're definitely to, gonna lose something you to when you, you when
2: do. you're going from him to Zasa Pachulia, you're definitely going to lose something. But at, at the same time, I think this team's good enough to offset that. And one thing people forget about with the Durant addition, we speak so much about how good he is offensively. He's, he's a great defender. Yeah, And we saw that in the Western Conference Finals where he was matched up with Draymond Green and that really changed the series for the Thunder and allowed them to defend that uh, green, uh, green curry pick and roll, right? So, because Duran's practically seven foot, he's he's he can be a rim protector if if need be. So, and his length allows him to defend multiple positions. So, I think, um, I don't think you want aspect. him to play
1: that position though, as as, as a, a rim protector. I don't think you want him to play that No, no of no, course no, no, not, no, no, but he can, though. but he can, he can, he can, he can. but and he, he's a really he's good, good, much more effective in other spots on the He's football, a though.
2: his length allows him to be a really good transition defender,
0: yeah. yeah. And you yeah. think about it now, the best defenders in the game. It's because they're versatile. Yeah. And you, you you can't... It's not like the good old days Versatile where, and
2: long. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: It's not like the good old days where if you're a small forward, you go and guard the small forward and your job's done. you got to switch on pick and rolls. Yeah. you got to guard multiple positions, multiple lineups, different schemes. There's so much things to do. And Durant does that. I mean, not many players can say that they're their team's number one offensive option and best defensive stopper. Durant was that last year in OKC. Yeah, he was that sure. guy. So... And let's not forget as well, this Warriors team was an excellent defensive team last year. They were excellent. And now you're plugging Durant into there. Imagine having Durant and Iguodala on the court at the same time, two incredible defenders. Thompson's a good defender. Draymond, we know how good he is He is defensively. And then you can almost hide Curry a little bit defensively. Not saying he's a bad defender, but he's not great. He's probably an average, maybe just above average defender. He's Steph. But when Steph is surrounded by Clay, Draymond, Duran, and Iguodala, yeah. they're going to be just as good and bothersome on the defensive end than they are explosive on yeah, the it, offensive end. It's
2: all—it's all about your team, team concepts. I think any any good team, any good defensive unit, they can because it's not like every player in the history of the NBA has been an elite defender, right? No. So championship teams do it all the time. We we saw the Cavs do it with Kevin Love having a pretty decent defense uh, with the guy in Love and Irving who were probably minuses on the defensive end, right? So the Warriors can do that to an extent with Steph Curry as well. Um, yeah, so...
0: And you look, I mean, uh, and you can make a reasonable case that Draymond or Iguodala are going to win the Defensive Player of the Year award this year. Mm. They are two legitimate cases that can be made, which show, which goes along with probably the two best scorers in Duran and Curry. And I know we've talked about it for a while, but it's just, this team is just so... They're going to be incredible. I mean, like I said, they are going to be going pains... I wouldn't be surprised if the first month they're just above five hundred, and everyone will freak out like the media does. The overreactions to I don't think they go- be that bad. No. no, they probably won't be, but there's a there's a possibility they will. They won't go.
1: What did they go last year? How, how many you know? They won't twenty-four. They yeah, they won't do twenty-four. 24. No, no of course but not. They, I don't think they'll just be over five hundred.
0: No, no, I'm I'm just that's on the back of the evidence that we've seen. It'd be like. Twenty and four or something. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, yeah. The Heat started nine and eight with their super team. Obviously, the Cavs last year were nineteen and twenty. So that's just off the back. But the the seasons ago, the Cavs were 14-15, okay. Yeah, yeah. Two years season. ago, in their first, it's their first even the super team. They were nineteen and twenty. Uh, heat in their first year of their super team, they were nine and eight. But so again, you're
1: bringing in two extra players, whereas Golden State are just bringing in one extra player. Yeah, of so course. The transition is a little bit of easier. Of course,
0: but they're losing five as well. So. Sure. I mean, it's not going to be an issue. The overreactions to Golden State losses this year are going to be so, so overblown. Everyone's going to... They'll, they'll probably lose a game to a non-playoff team one night and the world will explode. They'll think, what's they going did, on? They lost to Lakers last year. Well, exactly. They got yeah, got to expect that. It's just so, NBA. But, but that, obviously, with bigger expectations, bigger um, reactions come with that. It's just natural.
2: That's, that's probably my number one concern with this team is when you're looking at the human aspects. Because, right, this is not... It's not like NBA 2K where you're plugging in, you know, five all stars together and it's going to be fantastic, right? There's egos and and how how this team deals with pressure, how they deal with being the villain this season compared to the last two seasons where they were the, you know, the, the league's darling, darling. And Durant, Do I think Do you reckon
1: they felt a little bit of that um of the pressure in the playoffs because I reckon they were kind of seen as the villain come playoffs possibly
2: possibly. And it's it's not an easy thing like we we think Oh, it's you know, it's easy to just it doesn't it doesn't affect us as players, but you look at LeBron James when he moved to Miami and he was really that villain for that one year. He talks about it nonstop how much it affected him and how much it took him out of what made him great, right?
1: Yeah, and I reckon Durant's even more And Durant's more thin skinned. Yeah.
2: So he he talked about how after he made this decision he's locked himself at home for two days. I mean, how's he gonna deal with being booed in every single arena? That's a great point. Um so I think that's if anything, for me, that's where I'm spectacle is, is the human aspect of whether this team can uh, gel together and whether their egos uh, can be put aside and and go forward. Do you think Steve Kerr is the right man to run this team
0: in that aspect to help with those um, I think so. in, inevitable mental blocks or whatever you want to call them? Is Steve Kerr the right guy? Because they're losing Luke Walton, who's a great man-manager. Yeah,
2: I, I think he is because when he played, Steve Kerr played with a lot of big egos, right? Played with MJ, played on the Bulls. Um, to a lesser extent, on the Spurs, obviously we know they they're not filled with that many egos. But I think Steve Kerr. The good thing about Steve Kerr is he stays very even keel. He never gets too high and never gets too low. And he he'll whenever they do have an inevitable rough stretch, I think Steve Kerr will, will be able to handle that.
1: Yeah. So obviously I'd ask for your projections, but everyone's got them first and first.
2: Eighty-two and zero. <laughs> <laughs> it would be close, but not quite. <laughs> Let's move on to the Clippers. The Chris
1: Paul. So the Clippers last season finished fourth in the West with a fifty-three and twenty-nine record. They brought in Maurice Spates, Kyle Aldridge and Jeff Green goes out. Boys, what do you think or what do you expect from uh from the Clippers this season?
0: Um I think we can all pretty much agree that the Clippers are still the third best team in this conference behind yep. the Spurs and Warriors. Yep. But it's it, it, they're always an interesting case study of the Clippers because, believe it or not, this is year six of the Lob City era. This is year six. A lot six. of it has
1: been... It does come down to injuries, though.
0: It does, but at the end of the day, that's... At the end, like, you look at their playoff runs, they've... Having got past the second round, and when you think of the Clippers, you think of playoff collapses, they've lost 3-1 leads before,
2: and injuries. Yeah, just being unlucky. It, it yeah. is
0: unlucky in a way, but at the same time, a few of those... Blown um, series are on them. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. it's just a matter of, I mean, you look at it, Paul and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. And I know it's an easy concept to throw out there, it's an easy idea to throw out there. But if this team isn't good enough, do you start to mortgage or invest into your future? Because you know, Chris Paul's in his 30s now. He's going to start declining eventually. If he walks, I mean, obviously, if he says he's going to resign, you keep him, of course. Same with Griffin. But if neither of them show a a willingness to to re-sign in in the summer in the off-season, do you? I mean, think about the possibility of putting him on the trade market or at least well, seeing. Blake
1: Griffin has been on the trade market, of course, rumored to go to the Celtics in the off-season. Chris Paul, I don't, th- I think you just bite the bullet with him and just ride that one out. But someone like yeah. Griffin, I think you have a better chance of shipping him off and getting something decent in return.
2: Yeah, for sure, and um, I think. Out of those two, who would you say, if they were both on the market, who has a bigger market value?
1: Chris
0: Paul. Oh, I'd say probably Blake because of the age difference.
2: Yeah. How old's Blake? 20, then, 27? 26, not, 27? twenty-seven. I'll have a look. Let but, me have a look.
0: Um, I think with Paul, it's just he's in his 30s. So as soon as he's, he hit, He's
1: still... Oh, he's still top, one of the best, best point 27, in the league. 27.
0: So Blake's 27. So he's in his prime and he's had injury problems. Which is, but we've seen when he's on the court, he's no longer just a dunker. May have anger, may have anger issues, of course, (laughs) which is never a good thing. According to one particular staff, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Who would have more? um, I think Chris
1: Paul would. I still think I would
0: still probably just lean towards Blake, just because of the um, the age factor. I mean, when you hit thirty, it's like a magic number. For NBA teams, when that age barrier... When you're over 30, it's like, okay, he's going to start declining. He's going to start getting worse now. Whether it happens with Chris Paul, we don't know because we know his, his playmaking abilities are sensational... He's a really, really, really
2: good defender, so and he's got a game that's going to age well Yeah, he't he his, his game's not predicated on on athleticism like like a Westbrook Rose or uh, John Wall yeah, of
0: course not, so Chris Paul's going to be around for a long time, and we saw it last year when Paul wasn't on the court last year, the Clippers were bad when yeah. Paul wasn't there last year, and you look at their point guard situation, they got Austin Rivers and Raymond Felton backing him up, so if you say who's more important to the Clippers, it'd be Chris Paul yeah. Just because of what they lose without him,
1: and we've seen them still play good basketball without Blake Griffin. Of course, we have. He's been out for missed. chunks of the the regular season. Of I saw the last that last years, season, and they're still fine. They're, they're even not, if not a better team without without him. So he's a lot more important. Let, I still think. Let's go back to it. He does have more trade value. I'd say he's, he's he's one of the best three point guards in the league. Would you say, Chris Paul? Yeah, I'll yeah. probably I'll
0: say top two, top two. Oh no, top three. Westbrook and Steph. Steph. And West yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. That, so that's that first year
1: yeah, yeah. You the top. Well, if you maybe do you put Steph in the, in the category even above them or not? No. Do you go Steph? Oh. Well, Steph's like a clear one at the moment. Steph's, then,
2: Steph's a clear uh, one, but it's not a separate category. It's it's, it's not like the small forwards where James. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the interesting questions, and I've seen it on Twitter mentioned a couple of times by a few readers, is because we all know Chris Paul's an offensive hub for this team, right? Everything goes through him. Do you think because Blake showed, I think not last season, the postseason before where Chris Paul went down and Blake started bringing the ball up. And he was averaging five, six assists, almost a triple-double every game. Do you think the Clippers might be better served, not, not best served, better served to maybe run some stuff through Blake and, and that'll maybe you know prolong CP3's career as well?
0: I think it's definitely an idea you entertain because Griffin... You've got to change
2: something up, right?
0: Yeah, and Griffin is one of those guys where he can dribble at the four spot, he can pass, he can make plays, he can shoot. He's very, very versatile offensive. He's yeah. got a lot of weapons in that toolbox. He's Like I mentioned before, he's not just a dunker anymore. And, but let's, that athleticism still there. That made him so. And the I fact mean, that he's inspiring. extended
1: his, his range over the past few yeah. seasons as well has certainly helped his game because he he is now able to provide that spacing that he didn't have a few years ago.
2: I think the Clippers they they have to decide who that who's their best player is is it Chris Paul or is it Blake Griffin and then after that then you still Chris Paul. Yeah, look, uh, I probably do as well, but you've you're coming up short. Time and time again doing the same thing for the last five, six years, right? You gotta change something up and at least try something. You know, it might not always work, but
0: Yeah. It's it's just, it comes down to the question, is is this core of Paul Griffin and DeAndre because I consider him that that is their
2: free. Yeah. That's
0: their core is yeah. it good enough? Is it good enough to get past the second round? We know it's probably not gonna be good enough to knock off the Warriors.
2: That's the thing. That's so the thing with the Clippers. <laughs> I think the the uh what's the word for it? I, I the presence of the Warriors kind of clouds so many people's judgments of what this Clippers team ceiling is. Yeah. If you if you took the Warriors out, they're they're a surefire uh, championship contender, right? Yeah. And and they maybe thought, you know, before the Durant thing, hey, this is our chance to to get past them next season. They're gonna be losing all these guys in free agency. We. And then they go at Durant. So yeah,
1: <laughs> well, they were, Clippers were close to Durant. If Durant ended up coming on the Clippers, that's a completely different story, and you probably have them as the one seed because that three spot is a, is a spot yeah. that they're really struggling, oh, yeah. in. that's just yeah. that's a nothing spot for them. That's a black hole. If you insert Kevin Durant and have the starting five of Paul Reddick, Durant, Griffin, and Jordan, there you go. There's your one seed.
2: Absolutely. It's the problem for the Clippers is that everyone's looking for a wing. Yeah. You know, like if if they could even it doesn't have to be Kevin Durant. If they could get someone like I know me and Luke had a conversation about. If, what if Danilo Gallinari joined the Clippers, yeah. how, how good they would be, right? Like someone like that, Nick Batum, you know?
0: Sure. Like It's a lot better than what they've got at the moment in. Um, yeah. Mabara, Mute, Paul Pierce, and Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson, yeah.
2: They're, they're just that piece away, but that piece is not available anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. piece. And
0: it, it, it's, it's just weird. I mean, we talk about all these hypotheticals, like imagine if Durant went there and this and that, but at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter because he's there. And it's a problem that the Clippers need to deal with. They gotta try and get something out of this roster, which I mean you look at the they've brought in some guys, I mean Spates and Bass and the rest of them. Alan Anderson as well, Felton. But are they gonna elevate this second unit? Because we know it's been a big issue for the Clippers. As good as their um their starters are, there is a drop off when they go to their it's bench. A massive drop-off. And it's yeah. not so much in scoring because Jamal Crawford scores, but it's efficiency yeah. and defensively. And those are stuff... You've got to be efficient and you've got to play defense. They, they win games. They win championship. The Clippers aren't that when their second unit comes in. And it looks like, just on paper, it's going to be an issue again this season because they didn't really bring anyone in to correct those issues and really move the needle where they needed to be.
2: Yeah, one one guy he didn't mention, um, Darrell Wright, who's got a yeah. camp invite. I think he could potentially come and definitely bolster their bench as, as a shooter. He's probably... Better than anyone there. He
0: could play that free position. He could. Yeah, he, he could plug in. He's uh, a free and D guy. Yeah,
2: he's he'd be definitely one that I I look at. But for me, with the Clippers, I think something that they could change, and this surprised me when I was you know researching about the Clippers is last season they were 16th in pace, right, in the league. And when you think of the Clippers, you think of Lob City. You think this team runs and runs and runs. But they're actually an explosive team. Yeah, yeah, explosive team. Right, yeah, absolutely. and but. If they're sixteenth in pace, they're not. They're not explosive. Like, well, they're not getting up and down the court. When you look at the Warriors, who are se- second in pace, right? So I think that might be maybe something else they could try is maybe get up and down a bit more. Um, you know, obviously with they've got athletic big men, so they can do it. It's not like you know guys like DeAndre Jordan are moping around.
0: And that, that's another thing for the Clippers is um, we saw obviously the the fia- the debacle in the free agency last year. They keep him around. Is DeAndre Jordan a guy that you can, um, let's say, say, if Paul or Griffin decide to leave, are you confident in De- DeAndre Jordan to step up into that next role that he'll need to be? No, I, think no. he's he's I mean, ceiling. we all know how good he is defensively, but it's on the offensive end where you can't, he leaves a restricted area, he's useless. He's a liability, and the free throw shooting's always going to be. Yeah, what,
1: what, what was the percentage that he was shooting his, um, his baskets from. Right underneath the basket, it was something like ninety percent. Or yeah, it's a super high. But he just behind. He
0: takes a step outside and he's a liability because he can't. You know, he's jumped, He can't shoot, which makes him a one-trick pony in the pick-and-roll game. Because you know, if he sets a screen, he's just going to dive to the basket, which makes it so much easier to defend. And of course, he's still. We know how good he is when he's in the air.
2: So last season, DeAndre Jordan shot seventy-seven percent of his shots. From zero to two two feet from the basket. There boss. you go. <laughs> so
0: you look at that and A staggering percentage. Is that someone who you can be confident enough?
1: He is what he is. He's one of those guys that he is what he is. He's not gonna grow his game's not gonna grow. I don't think he can get any better. He, he what you see is what you get with, yeah. with him at the moment. Do you guys think
2: he as we know how he helps the Clippers, right? He's their best defensive player and he's really holds that defence together on in the back line. Do you think he at the same time caps their growth? In a way, because he, th- this is it,
0: yeah. Like the, yeah. Th- that's it. So what? What? Like Chris said, but what it you could see be worse? What you get, it,
2: of course, it yeah, could, like could be worse. If they had lost him last year, Yeah, if they, it. it would have been a disaster if they lost him. So, do you think if they lost him last year, you would have seen maybe Paul or Griffin traded?
0: Do you blow it up? Yeah, it's a fair, it's a fair point. Would you blow it up in that situation
2: if
1: you get the right deal? Yeah, uh, if if someone wants to right it's all about the market. Isn't I think it? at the end yeah, of the absolutely. day,
0: there's really. Uh, there's hardly any untouchables in the league. If someone comes up with a god godfather deal that you can't refuse, you're gonna you're gonna entertain. If a GM rings you, you're not gonna not pick up the phone. Yeah. So you're always gonna entertain an offer. And for all stars like Paul and Griffin, they're out of hey because they're out of contract as well. That makes them harder to deal with as well because the team that they're going to, that team has to have a commitment from the player saying, if we trade for you, will you stay with us long term? Because then if you're someone trading for, let's say for Boston, for example, in a hypothetical, if they trade for Blake and they're giving away these draft picks that they got from the Nets, you want to know You the got to know from Blake saying, yeah, yeah, like we're giving up these high assets. Are you going to stick around with us? If not, we're not making this deal. That's another thing as well.
2: I think the Clippers must have been kind of secretly kicking themselves that the Celtics got Al Horford, which kind of makes the move for Blake Griffin kind of pointless. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because that that's a place where you Blake could have gone, and he potentially could have stayed, and uh, the Clippers would have got something of of uh, benefit back.
1: Good point. Uh, projections before we move on.
0: Uh, second in the conference, no, second in the division, and third in the conference.
2: I think second in the conference and division. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Ahead of the Spurs, I'm, I'm with Luke. I'm second and third. Second in the. Yeah,
2: I think I, the I think them and the Spurs and are going to be very close. Ah, oh, it'll, it'll be it'll a be, couple of be, wins. It'll be a couple of wins. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting point. Let's move on to the Lakers. Wow. That's way outside. Oh, Russell. D'Angelo from deep, deep. I love what the Lakers are doing at the moment as a Celtics fan. I love their uh, their form over the past couple of years. They finished 15th in the conference last season, 17-65 and 65 record. Brought in Dang, Timothy Mozgov, Jose Calderon, lost Kobe Bryant, lost Roy Hibbert. Boys, what are your thoughts on uh, what what the Lakers are able to muster up this year, if anything? Well,
0: it's, I might be one of the more pro-Lakers guys out there because if you look at it, I mean, look, they're rebuilding. We know with LA, the Lakers, they're going to have a big name. And they were lucky market. last
1: year to get a top two pick because we know it was Simmons and Ingram and then a big drop off from there. They managed to get the number two pick, yeah. brought in Ingram who was... By all reports, put on a lot of weight from, uh, from last year. You, he probably still needs to put on a mm-hmm. hell of a lot more because he's a rake, that kid. But he's got some games, so he might add to the, to the be offense. be a very, very good player.
0: Yeah, and if you were to, um, to go and say, if you wouldn't say a team name, just say, go to someone and say, this is your young team, this is your call, you're rebuilding, and you have a call of D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, and Jordan Clarkson. Like, you would take that most of the time. Because that's one of the better young calls going. It's not the best. It could be I'm better. i on Randall. It could be worse. Uh, I think Randall and Clarkson are probably just about reaching their ceiling, to be honest. I think Clarkson is what he is. Clarkson is a guy who's going to give you 15. He was,
1: he was, I think, the shining light for the Lakers last year, Clarkson. He well, yeah, was really no, good. I don't think anyone really expected him to come as much so He is so
0: good at what he does. He'll yep. give you 16, 17 a night. He can shoot. He can play good defense. Is he going to get any better than what he is? Probably not. But that's fine because you need guys like that. He's a glue guy. You know, he's reliable. Randall, yeah, it's a question of how much the the uh, the leg injury in his rookie season has affected him. It's probably halted his development a lot more than maybe we'd expect. But I think he's got room to grow. And Ingram obviously is going to be a superstar, or we assume he will be. And I think the end there's a misconception about D'Angelo Russell. So a lot of people focus on his
2: um off court misdemeanors (laughs) and this and that. But the boy can play. He's a very very good player. And he's been tearing it up during the preseason.
1: Stop going back to the pre-season, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Come mean, on.
2: It's, it's the most recent, you know, what we got, right?
1: Oh, I was saying that when Summer League's on, Thumbaker's going to be a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> Just purely because of his Summer League stats.
2: But I think, you know, everyone talks about, and we'll get to this guy a bit later, Devin Booker. Oh. I think him and D'Angelo are kind of, they're closer than a lot of people think in terms of how good they are. I think, I think D'Angelo Russell's very good. He's a... He's your typical modern-day guard in in the mold of a scorer first, I would say, rather than a passer, right? Yeah, yeah. But he can score from anywhere. He can shoot lights out, and he's really in that mold of like a like a left-handed Kyrie Irving, I would say, a guy who's not really great on the defensive end, but offensively he can really you know be that be your guy who can carry the load. And what makes Russell so, oh,
0: excuse me, so good is. He plays at his own pace. Mm. So everyone talks about pace, pace, pace. But you can be the quickest, but it can almost be counterproductive to your winning changes in a way if you're just going quick all the time. You see Russell in the pick and roll game when he's got the ball, he glides in and out of defenses. He knows when to go quick or when to go slow. He picks his spots. And as a guy, remember, he's, he's entering his second season. So he's probably more advanced beyond his years in stuff like decision-making maybe not yet, but in terms of knowing when to pick his spots, knowing when to attack and when to pull back and pull up for the jump shot, I think he's very, very smart in that area. And let's not forget, everything we're talking about with D'Angelo Russell is based on playing with Kobe, who had, I think, a top three usage rate in the league last season and shot one of the worst percentages. So he's just going to have, Russell's going to have more of a chance to prove himself.
1: That's going to be a, a classic case of addition by subtraction with that Kobe Bryant leaving that team. That is good. That's, a, that's an in for him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like and, bringing in a good player. Yeah. And
0: you couldn't rebuild with last year. Last year was the Kobe retirement year. It wasn't a place where young players could develop because they didn't have the opportunities to play with the ball in mm-hmm. their hands. Everything was Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. It, he was, it was catching
2: his own chopper. Have you have you guys yeah. heard that story? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was
0: just—it's a, a toxic environment for young guys. In so, I honestly feel like the Lakers rebuild starts now. This is this is their rebuild. Yeah. Whether it sort of started two years ago is another conversation. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, it starts now, and they've brought in some some veteran guys. A guy like Luau Dang. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, he's going to hold back Ingram." I don't think he will. Maybe you'd question the length and um, size yeah. of the contract he got in terms of dollars. You don't, you don't dollars. want Ingram starting yet.
1: That's the only exactly.
0: Thing. And I think Blue Deng is one of those guys you want to learn on. Absolutely, learn on. he's a he's just a really mature guy. He's a great locker room presence. He's a oh, back in his he was back in his prime. He was an elite defender, but he's still got those stuff he can teach to Ingram defensively. And give
1: your Ingram that experience against the second unit. Mm. Of get course, get some reps against them. Yeah. Get his confidence up a little bit. Give him time to kind of grow into his body. Because, like I said before, he's is there's not much of him.
2: Yeah, and him. everyone talks about the Lakers' uh free agency acquisitions. Obviously, Deng Luke spoke about it. and Timofey Mozgov as well, who they splashed out on in the first day of free agency. In the first hour, just about <laughs> it was <laughs> the first minute, yeah. Uh, but I like I like these deals. I don't like the length of them. Like yeah. Luke said, I don't I don't love giving. What was Luol doing? Was he three uh, or four years? Four, years? four years, I think. Well. Had Seventy-two
0: million, as yeah, well. Yeah,
2: and Timofey Mozgov was four years, sixty-four. Right. Now, I don't love. I don't love the years because they're both. I think both well, in their thirties. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Mozgov might be twenty-nine or, or 30. just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah, but I like the additions as if we if we take the year years and the contract out, they're they're good additions. Moz Mozgov last year everyone knows moskov struggled we we saw it firsthand but he had he had that knee problem where he he never really recovered and his confidence was shot after that and you've seen with timofey moskov throughout his career he's a he's a confidence player and i think the the change of scenery getting away from the lebron james death stares is going to is is going <laughs> to do him good um and i think he's a he's still a guy who can hopefully we we're, we're yet to see but he can. We've seen him anchor a defense in the past, and I think the Lakers will be looking for him to do it again. They also added Yi Jianlian. Yes, <laughs> they did. Um, he'll be he'll be interesting. I mean, who knows? Who knows what he might bring?
0: But I think the um one of the biggest things with the Lakers this season is bringing in Luke Walton as yeah. head coach. So we know last year that locker room wasn't a very positive place with what happened with the case Nick the Young and years. D'Angelo Russell, and then all the Kobe stuff as well. But from all reports, Luke Walton has come in. We know he's a he's a coach he's a he's a players he's a coach. Players coach. Yeah, that's the term <laughs> I'm looking for. Where he's he said it. He said it himself. He says we want to build relationships with the players and the coaches. You want that strong culture. You can't rebuild in a negative culture like we're seen with the Kings, who we'll get touch on in just a little bit. You can't rebuild in those situations by the Lakers getting in Walton, and we know he's a guy they wanted because they chased him early. Mm he was pretty yeah. much their first thing was like let's get a Luke Walton cuz last year Brian Scott is head coach he's someone who is not good with youngsters he's yeah. not good with rebuilding sides that's just who he is someone like yeah. Luke Walton can just come in and change that culture i mean it just doesn't happen overnight it happens over a long period of time it happens over years but he's got to start somewhere. And the block, the foundation's there now with Walton there. Before yeah. we move
1: on, can we just say, just had to refer to Nick Young as, um, as Swaggy P. Not Swaggy okay, Swaggy P. No me. Nick Young. Yeah. Swaggy it's P. This is strictly Swaggy P territory, right. right, Luke? Excuse me. Cool.
2: You spoke about the culture, and I absolutely agree with you. And I think the one thing Luke Walton's going to bring in is, because the last few years with the Lakers being such a lowly team, people, the the aura of being a Laker, being being playing for the Los Angeles Lakers wasn't there like it was in the past. And I think Wharton, being a guy who's played in LA, he knows what it's about. He knows what it, what it means to be a Laker. And I think these young players, when you talk about Russell, uh, Clarkson, Ingram, they're going to learn what it means to be a Los Angeles Laker, how to, how to conduct themselves off the court. And I think that's so important when, it, when, when there's young teams.
1: So who's the leader of this team? If you look at everyone, they're, they're a good young side. Like Luke was saying before, they've got a lot of good young talent. If they start to slip into a hole and they lose five of six games or six of seven games... Which will happen? Who kind of brings them back and says, don't worry, boys. Let's go. Let's go for it.
0: I think in those situations, the young guys will look at a dang. Dang. That, yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. look yeah. at a veteran saying. guy like that.
1: But see someone who could be a leader of an entire
0: Well, can, can team? a coach play, be the leader of the entire team? Do you need? I mean, can a can Luke Alton be that guy?
1: Of course, they can. But I think you also need someone. On need the, someone do, on the
0: court. I think Dang would be whoever he can do it. I don't know. I think he's got the abilities to do it. Yeah, he's got the definitely got the the, the personal character and qualities that you need to be that guy. Um, has it a role he's played
2: before? Not really. But it's a lot better but than what they had last year. You talk about he hasn't. He actually has played. It. We we saw it with the Cavs when he played when he was traded there. That was as dysfunctional as a locker room as you could imagine, when he came in with the whole Andrew Bynum and all that nonsense. And Luo Deng really had an influence on that team and and a positive one at that. And that that team was, I don't think they had as much talent as the Lakers have here. And after Deng got traded there, they actually went over five hundred for post the All-Star break. So, it's an excellent point. Yeah, so I think he, that experience will help Deng heaps because he he absolutely was the leader there uh, in a locker room that was devoid of any leadership at any age whatsoever.
1: Good point. So what are your projections for the Lakers? Um, at the
0: end of the day, they're young and there's going to be stupid mistakes. So last and last. Last and last. And let's just note... Yep. They they lose their first round pick if it falls outside the top three this year. So mm. they need to be bad. <laughs> they need to be bad.
2: And the, and this year's a good draft as well. Of course. It's, so it's a good year to be bad. I, I would say,
1: yeah, last to last. <laughs> Me too. Consensus, let's move on.
2: What a fake by Knight. Oh, yeah. A three ball by Brandon Knight.
1: Phoenix Suns last season, they finished 14th. In the West with a twenty-three and fifty-nine record, not a lot to do over the uh, over the off season. Broad in Barbosa and Dudley, out Lua and Teletovich. Boys, thoughts on the Suns? What do you reckon, Luke?
0: Um, I think the Phoenix Suns had a very good draft, very very yep. good draft. I so agree.
1: Bender, Marquise, Chris, Tyler, Ullis. Yeah. Yep. So
0: obviously they struck that deal with the Kings to get them two um, top ten picks, which they use on two wings in Chris and um and Bender.
1: Who Chris was, is a hot, like incredible upside, Mark. Mm, Chris, yeah. one of the highest upside guys in the draft. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. So the Phoenix is another team that um, they're rebuilding. But I, I think it's kind of like with the Lakers. You look at their young pieces. It's good. I mean, we're going to talk, speak about Devin Booker a lot. He's got all-star potential. Alex Lendif still got in the middle, who's a piece. And now they've got these three new rookies in. I mean, they still got Bledsoe and Brandon Knight guarding the yeah. point, the two guard positions, who are excellent players. And we talked about with the Lakers, who's the leader and who's the veteran. They've got a lot of veterans on this stunt team: Dudley, Dudley, Chandler, Leonardo Barbosa, even PJ Tucker to a lesser extent. So I, I think there's a lot to like about this Phoenix team. But I think a big question is they've been rebuilding for a lot of years, yeah. And it kind of feels like they're still at square one. They haven't really gone anywhere during their rebuild. And now they're just starting again. Mm. So there's been a lot of years just in the wilderness for Phoenix. Are they out of it yet? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I. So much of Phoenix is such a confusing team for me because on paper they they should be decent.
1: But I thought last year last year they should have been a lot better than actually. Yeah,
2: and I think what starts and ends with Phoenix for me is is the health of Eric Bledsoe. And we saw, I think, was it two years ago with, with Jeff Hornacek where they won 48 games. Yeah, and, and he was that, fantastic yeah. and even last season he only played 30 games or something but he's still he's one of the one of the better most underrated two-way point guards that, that we have in our league so so well, much of
0: he averaged 20.6 assists four rebounds two steals last year yeah he and, can do everything
2: yeah he and he's a perfect kind of he's another another prototype of the modern day guard who's who is score first but at the same time, he he's not a defensive liability, and I think um, for so many years the, the Clippers had a luxury when when they had Eric Bledsoe backing up uh, Chris Paul, and then obviously uh, Eric Bledsoe came to Phoenix. Um, but yeah, so so much of their fortunes for me rest on him, his health.
0: Yeah, and remember, this is the guy that LeBron called, or that people have called Mini LeBron. Yeah, they've referred to Eric Bledsoe as Mini LeBron. So I mean, the the praise for the kid is there. Um, and it, it's a classic. I mean, has there ever been a season where the Suns haven't had a lot of point guards? I mean, out of Bledsoe, you've still got Brandon Knight there, who's another guy who's just really, really solid. I mean, they've look at their Phoenix's past; they a great backup point guard. Yeah, yeah they've traded. We talked about backup point guards, like we forgot yeah. about him. Well, I yeah, think def- Brandon Knight; he's good. Enough, he's a. I mean, he's good enough to be a starting point guard. Yep. He's Agreed. better off as a starter he, than a backup.
2: Is, is he a Sixth Man of the Year candidate? Oh, absolutely. I, I think he's so a sad. sneaky, sneaky... Yeah. Because you, you'd
0: it. assume that Bledsoe starts at the point and yeah. you're going to have Devin Booker starting at the two guard. Yeah. yeah. When you're a kid like that, you have to start him. Um,
1: I love Devin Booker. <laughs>
0: yeah. Are we going to talk about him? Are we ready? All right. So, <laughs> he he took the lead by storm really last... No one really saw it coming in the second half of last year. He exploded.
1: Now, what did he get drafted? Back, up, back 13, after... 13? 13, yeah, past 10. But here's it? the
2: thing. For me, when when you look at guys like Booker... They, and they fall every year in the draft, right? These guys who, they're in college and they can shoot from anywhere. They're, they're good character guys and they somehow fall. And then they get to the NBA and they're like 15th, 20th pick, whatever. And then they shine and they're like, everyone's like, oh, where did this guy come from? Yeah. And if you looked at him at college, he should have, his game pro- projects really well to the NBA.
1: Absolutely. And you know why he's going to be twice as good this year? No, had a right. phenomenal summer league. Awesome summer league. Yeah, he did. And and we a, know how a, much that translates And over. a better preseason. <laughs> and a better preseason. <laughs> like, his summer league his preseason are out of control. He's, he's going to yes. be all-star for sure. Without a yeah. doubt, he's going to be an all-star. So,
2: I mean, you look
0: at Booker, and obviously his he's shooting range and stroke and accuracy is awesome. Absolutely incredible. And he's got, got good size as well. Six, legit 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, he's, he makes pretty good decisions as well. I mean, the only thing you'd probably say about him is he hasn't really developed into a playmaker yet. Yeah, Can he do stuff off the dribble? Can he create for his
2: teammates? You don't know, but there's nothing to doubt the kid. And I think they've got a really, you talked about Jared Dudley before, and he's an ex- excellent addition to a young team like this. Another guy who's got a great character guy, great veteran, and a guy who a lot of teams were actually after because of, because of what he did in Washington. He was so good there with their young guards. And I think, uh, the Suns, by bringing him in, will be hoping that he can translate that having done what he did with Wall and Bill to hopefully guys like Booker and, and Tyler Ullis.
1: What are your projections for the Suns?
2: I have Phoenix third
0: in the conference and 13th in the... Oh, sorry. Third in the division and 13th in the conference. I always get those mixed up. 13th off. in the division. They're that bad? <laughs> <laughs> 13th in the conference
2: <laughs> and third in the I, division. I've got a fun fact for Devin Booker. All right, His middle name is Armani. Armani, Armani, <laughs> like Giorgio Armani Booker. <laughs> that it just makes you love him more. Jesus. <laughs> that that that's all. Are you gonna give us that projection, or it was that oh, your projection? That, that's my projection. <laughs> no, um, in terms of wins, what 25, 25 to thirty. Where do
1: you reckon that gets them in the uh, in the conference mm, and in the division?
2: Division, I'll have um fourth, right, fourth, and conference twelve to thirteen.
1: Yeah, see, I've got them. Same as Luke, third and 13th. Me and Luke, so, uh, exactly the same so far with their predictions. Let's move on to the final team we're going to have a look at, the Sacramento Kings. Cousins up the top, and he slams in the face of Now DeMarcus
2: Cousins serving up a facial.
1: The Kings somehow finished last season 10th with a 33-49 and 49 record. Bunch of ins, bunch of outs. This is a team that I don't like whatsoever. Luke, what are your thoughts on them?
0: I mean it's it's the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I mean just the name
1: it just breathes I get tired immaturity
0: just about and just lack of effort and cohesiveness and a poorly run organization and this and that and it frustrated the Cousins.
2: Oh well
1: it's it's frustrating when you've got Demarcus Cousins and Willie Coley Stein at the four and the five and then you draft George Ross Papagianis and Scale the BCA uh, it's just, you've got such a crowded front court. There's, yeah. they, there was so many better options for them, especially with that 13th pick. To Use their pick 13 on a Greek guy who's probably not even going to, is he even going to play for them this season? Is uh, they, have they drafted and stashed him? What have they done with Georgius? Who,
0: oh, who knows? But Who knows didn't look what ready what they, at all? Who knows what the summary. kids are, And I mean, look at their point guard situation. They've got Ty lolson who's just had a massive, massive decline. Oh, you got Darren Collison, who, um, who's dealing with the um, domestic violence case. I mean, and then so kings. What what is there? Look at the shooting guards. spot they got? Rudy
1: Gay doesn't look like he wants to play basketball. He will
0: get traded. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay mentally retired five years ago. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> you not care
0: Ben McLemore's not proving uh, uh, as a shooting guard yet. Who I I had I was I loved him McLemore. I loved him out of college. Yeah, yeah. Me too, and he just hasn't really done anything. They added a guy like Aaron Afrolo who's good on a championship team. What's
2: he going to do on a team like the Kings? I don't know. What is there? <laughs> I think we talk about culture so much. This is absolutely what culture should not be. <laughs> you can't
0: rebuild a team in this situation.
2: Yeah, and I think the biggest burning question for everyone with the Kings is what's going to happen with DeMarcus? Is he going to get traded? Every every season coming in, we're like, oh, this will be the season he gets traded. This, last season, he flirted with the Lakers during the off season. Is this the year that DeMarcus Cousins gets moved?
1: You say surely, but then they're re- they're really <laughs> stuffed. I, I can
2: honestly see it being so kings that they
0: just don't trade him and then he just walks. Yeah. So, so and they're left when with when donuts. Free two, two more years.
1: Two more. So he's, got, he's getting paid 15 mil this year, 16 mil the year after that, and then he is a free agent. So he's got a couple of years left, but...
0: I oh, just—it's—it's it's going to happen. It's almost like you can feel it coming under you. It's bubbling <laughs> up. It's heating up, and it's just going to explode. It's like a volcano. It's just taken a lot longer to build up than we expected, and just clearing up my um, previous point that yes, Darren Collison is suspended for eight games to start the season. Mm.
1: Eight games. I think are they, are they-, are they- is Sacramento a fun team to watch?
2: They're a league pass team for because bad they're reasons.
1: Just so dysfunctional, and yeah, you got <laughs> you got uh, Demarcus getting texts every. Five minutes, <laughs> and then,
2: but they they oh do have goodness. they have maybe five games in during the season where it just all comes together, and it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, and they,
0: I mean, Dave Yeager head coach now. That, that's that's probably their best. It's a move good, in good a long time.
1: until December when DeMarcus realizes he doesn't like it.
0: Yeah, well, the, isn't that a positive at the moment of the Kings this year? DeMarcus Cousins is entering the season for coach he doesn't hate <laughs> yet. Yet,
2: but I think, but I think. Jaeger dealt with a lot of egos in in Memphis. He Absolutely, dealt, dealt he did. With Zach Zach Randolph. So, so
0: uh, Jaeger's a good hiring, but I mean, how many times have we seen good coaches come into Sacramento and then yeah. be sp-
1: spat out? Bad. I just uh, don't like this team whatsoever. There's We're not, not whatsoever. much there. We don't have a lot. Apart to say. For, seriously, apart for, is is Demarcus good enough to get them that tenth seed again? Is he good enough to to carry them? I mean, I don't he, know how they finished tenth last year. I don't know how they've been. Well, he playing. was
2: so good. He was so good last year. Can you yeah. back it
1: up?
2: Do you expect this similar well, season out of DeMarcus? He's team? in his prime, so I'll, I'll why? say why, no not, why not. There's yeah, no reason I mean why he, he won't. I mean, 26.9 points, 11.5 rebounds, 1.4 blocks per game. That's elite. He's, is he the best center in the league? Yeah, for me.
0: Yes. I'll, I would yeah. say yes. Yeah. So isn't it crazy how you got someone who's the best player at his position, but you're just so bad Yeah. and so dysfunctional? Speaks,
2: speaks volumes for the team. It does. I mean... It, it,
0: at the end of the day, the biggest thing coming out of second round this season is that question, will DeMarcus get traded? And as a team, when your They're biggest... They're not smart enough to trade him. As a team, when your biggest question coming into the year is if your best player is getting traded, well then, there's not much. They're not smart enough to Did trade Did you guys him, see
2: him no. the DeMarcus shooting around in wearing Toronto Raptors shorts? Did he really? No, I didn't why? You, miss you guys didn't know about that? No. Oh, I missed it that. Throwback Raptors shorts. <laughs>
1: That happened a couple of years ago with Colin Kaepernick when he was a QB at yeah, 49ers yeah. when he was starting he was wearing the Dolphins yeah. cap wasn't he
2: if you've he's seen it around it's happened before. parties yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't mean much probably not. It probably not knowing Demarcus he's, he's one of those guys who just I like these shorts. I'm I'm <laughs> going to throw on I'm going to be a Raptor for a day. Why not? <laughs> that, that's Demarcus. Um uh, they've not? got another they got another interesting trade fee uh, trade piece sorry uh, Costa Kufos. who's yeah. who's a guy who's He's for any team who's looking for a rim protector. His name is always thrown in the circle. So maybe could they trade him for another uh, a point guard, who knows.
1: Just before we finish, I want to go back to what is typical DeMarcus. And we mentioned about how we didn't really agree with their first pick in the in last season's draft. Did you see his tweet? Oh yeah. When they uh, yeah, when yeah. they drafted him and he he's... said oh oh lord give me strength. <laughs> That's all But then That's He all. got asked about it in Summer League And what did he say I just I just finished a big yoga session And I was tweeting about my yoga session How You were tweeting about be yoga. yoga You know
0: what I mean <laughs> and I, He might have even said it as well During the off season He said he might have been Rudy Gay He said they're not quite sure What they're doing Yeah Rudy
1: Gay said that
0: it's, it's a disaster
1: Oh man I hate this team What are your projections uh, for this team
2: uh, Fourth in the division and 14th in the conference. Actually, yeah. Can I have these guys fourth now? Yeah, you can. Yeah, fourth and, and 14th or so.
1: <laughs> exactly the same. Luke, Luke and I, we're on the exact same we page for every single one of our predictions today. Are. Boys, thank you for uh, for another terrific show. Where can we you you find your stuff, Luke? Um
0: my team by team previews are continuing on S C N America. So you're S C M at dot SCN, Click on the S C N America tab in the top right hand corner. You can find them more there.
1: And on Twitter as well, at SCN America.
0: Yeah, and hit me up on Twitter at Luke Sakari if you got any if you wanna start a debate, if you disagree with anything I say or write. Hit me Shouldn't up to just roast
2: Luke. Why not?
0: <laughs> Why? And not? you also
1: do a lot of work for pick and roll as well. So we'll, we'll yeah, a lot, lot of lot well. of
0: MBR work.
2: Weekly power rankings on the MBR, which yeah, is a lot of fun. Puts in the work, Mr. Curry
1: and Chris. You do some stuff for uh, Believe the Hype.
2: Yeah, Believe the Hype. Uh, NBA.com. I just did a piece on Dwight Howard uh, in Which Atlanta. is a great read. Great uh, read, excuse me. <laughs> great read. <weed. laughs> <laughs> What's your Twitter account? Uh, Silver 23 Also got some uh, Cavalier-specific stuff for kingjamesgospel.com. <laughs> and where can we find <laughs> your stuff, <laughs> Chris Tyler? He'll,
1: at Tyler. You can find me at Tyler on Twitter. As <laughs> always, everyone... Uh, talking
0: about the Giants' loss. No, I'm
1: not going to be talking
0: about uh, the Giants' loss. D- sure. we, yeah, we were going to end
2: it so peacefully and... and uh, Oh, Luke. (laughs) Another
0: Bay Area team loses AR free run lead.
2: Luke, there's going to be San Francisco people just abusing you on Twitter today. I'm
0: I'm just off this podcast now. (laughs)